Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first podcast of Students Abroad Answer, brought to you by Medlink Students. I'm joined here today by Dr. Saif Rustam, who's going to be telling us a little bit about his own experience in becoming a medical professional and also at his role that he now has at Tbilisi Medical Academy, one of the most popular schools for international students in Georgia. Good afternoon, Saif. Good afternoon, Tom. Thank you very much for the warm uh, welcoming uh, and the introduction. I'm uh, very delighted to be with you today. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm sure we've got a lot of people listening in now that are really interested to hear about your experience because you made it. You went abroad, you did the studies, and, and here you are. You've got the title. Um, and I'm sure it's quite an exciting story that, that you've got to tell us all, right? All right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, a lot of hiccups along the way, as uh, many of us have had in any of the specialities, I'm sure. But uh, uh, the uh, secret is not to give up. And here we are. We made it. Okay. So, yes, every every great achievement comes with a, a fantastic story behind it. Um, so we'd love to hear a little bit about yours. So where are you from and what made you decide to go for medicine? Absolutely. So um, originally I was born in Iraq uh, and uh, during my childhood, my parents just moved to Jordan. That's where I was raised. Um, in Jordan, I was also accepted in uh, the medical school, which was quite uh, a difficult journey and difficult to get into medical school in Jordan. But uh, due to the changes in the situation at that time, um, my decision and the, the, of course the family's decision was to move to Georgia. Uh, of course, I found Georgia when uh, we were just uh, 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 as tourists. We came to Georgia before before our decision to move to Georgia, and we just fell in love with that country. Uh, especially for me, for example, because I, I uh, love Lord of the Rings and uh, just the scenery and the amazing old fortresses and the old churches just remind me of Lord of the Rings as. I was living in Lord of the Rings. So to me, I was biased and uh, it was a biased decision for me. And I, I almost immediately accepted moving to Georgia. And uh, yeah, I got accepted in uh, Tbilisi Medical Academy. That's where I studied uh, uh, to become a doctor. And uh, that's where I graduated. And here I am working with uh, Tbilisi Medical Academy. Fantastic. And obviously, it must have been quite a difference starting your medical education in Jordan. What were kind of the big differences that you saw then going to study at an international school like Tbilisi Medical Academy? Uh, so to tell you the story in complete honesty, the, the uh, university that I studied in in Jordan uh, was quite uh, large. The campus was huge. Um, and, uh, of course, it was uh, one of the top uh, uh, medical universities in Jordan. Uh, the huge difference that I saw between Georgia and Jordan was the quality of teaching and the amount of care that the uh, teachers in Georgia and especially in Tbilisi Medical Academy and the administration of Tbilisi Medical Academy. The amount of care that they show for the students, especially knowing that they are, these are international students, that they left their families behind and, you know, coming to a whole new different uh, environment, whole, whole new different culture, whole new different language. So uh, I felt like I, I was at home. And also, of course, the quality of teaching was quite huge because um, we were divided into smaller groups that uh, made it possible to focus, to make the lecturer focus on uh, uh, the student's needs and each needs and catch the the different um, so important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. fantastic. And um, from that point then, what made you decide when you finished and you got the degree rather than looking at registration in various countries, you made the decision to actually get employed through the university to help more people encourage them to achieve the dreams that you've achieved? That's a great question, Tom. Thank you for that question. 
Um, actually, during my uh, last years of studying medicine in TMA, I met such great teachers and professors that taught me, and I looked up to them as role models because of their professionalism, because of their charismatic way of teaching, because of their always openness to, to uh, adopt new ways of teaching, to focus on the students. That's what affected me and changed actually my mind and, uh, uh, you know, changed my focus. My focus was more on becoming a surgeon, but um, I found a new passion, and a newborn passion of, of, of mine during those years where I, I just found that uh, teaching was my new passion and, of course, research, of course, as well. Um, and I was looking through the opportunities where I can go on, but immediately TMA just caught me, <laughs> so to say, and uh, I started actually tutoring in TMA, which is a, a great uh, opportunity for a student to get experience during the, the okay. study. So during, during your actual studies, you were tutoring as well? Yes, I was tutoring uh, um, students who are juniors, who were juniors to me. Uh, I tutored physiology and immunology and genetics. And I got immense experience during the last three years. Um, you can imagine that three years is not... Uh, a short period to, to to get experience, and of I was yeah, and I was also enrolled in in certain programs as a student. For for example, um, I got enrolled in uh, becoming part of the curriculum committee in TMA. So one of the students, of course, uh, it, it depends on uh, uh, lots of things as it is now by elections. Back then, it was depending on certain factors and uh, one of them is the academic achievements and the willingness and motivation and so on okay great um so getting a little bit of insight there and all very positive so far but of course um, a great achievement like this doesn't come without its challenges uh, what were some things that you felt were quite difficult for you and, and how did you overcome them or how were you able to overcome them of course, uh, going to a new country uh, is quite challenging for uh, an 18 years old and or a 20 years old. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter even even for a 30 years old. In my opinion, it doesn't matter how 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 old you are. Um, it will be a challenge, anyways. But uh, how much uh, support you will have from your family, from your friends as well, and from your teachers and from the administration. In, in, in your university makes the uh, 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 immense difference between day and light and between having uh, a great experience in that country or having the worst experience of your life in that country and deciding to, to leave that country. So um, I was quite lucky to have all that I mentioned, the family, friends, and uh, the amazing Tbilisi Medical Academy staff and uh, academic staff as well, professors. Uh, um, I, of course, faced issues, faced problems with the language at that time. But uh, uh, with some time, it's basically you'll face the, those issues during the first few months only when you're you're trying to find out and figure out. Very normal. Yeah. Trying to figure out what's, what's going on and so on. But you immediately then fi figure out who knows your, who knows English, which is a huge part of the country knows English, especially the younger generation are quite uh, fluent in English and uh, it becomes a, a non-problem uh, issue, it's not an issue anymore. Um, other than that, I haven't honestly faced any, any more issues except for the maybe the language barrier at the beginning, but uh, later on, uh, especially coming also from an Asian background, you know, Middle Eastern background, um, uh, it, it's uh, Georgia is quite in the middle between Europe and Asia. So there are characteristics of the population that is between the two. So you will find whatever you would like in the in the in the population and their characteristics. So you won't have a big uh, problem in in adapting. Yeah, no, we do find that it's such an interesting blend and sort of diversity in Georgia, isn't it, between the West versus the East. Um, and it's just both kind of combined. You see uh, all of that history and that culture mixed from the two, which I think makes it quite suitable for international students. Absolutely. 
uh, international students that come from different backgrounds, different religions. Uh, you see even in, in one of the most uh, famous uh, regions in, in, uh, in Tbilisi, in the capital of Georgia, uh, you see a mosque, a, a synagogue, and a church right next to each other. They are in the same place. And that's called the Old Tbilisi. It's one of the most famous uh, uh, areas of Tbilisi. And it's just peaceful. There is no way that any issue would happen. That's how. That's exactly the meaning of uh, 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 cohabitation and living in peace with each other. It's amazing, amazing to hear it. And I know, obviously, Georgia is, is quite far east, and a lot of people, especially from Western countries and like from the UK where I'm based, they think of these eastern places as as being quite closed off and quite reserved, and you know, just kind of thinking in one direction. And it's really not the case, is it? Especially when you say things like that, with having all of these cultures of religion and all of these buildings all together uh, in a peaceful square, it's a, a great thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And even with time, even the more generations are going, the more generations are getting open-minded even further, With as the case with all the countries around the world that uh, I believe that Georgia is going into the right direction. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, we see this as well with the international groups that we have of students going in. Um, obviously, our, our input is quite small when it comes to the whole migration of, of people going to countries. People don't just go for medical school, but it does have a big effect. And, and we do see year on year people with these larger communities. So let's go back to, uh, to the university. Um, and we mentioned, obviously, about support. For yourself, you obviously made it as a student. You said before that you faced some challenges and, and some things before. How important was not the support from your family and friends, but the support from the university itself? Because this is something that we don't see from every university in Europe, but we have seen a lot of it from Tbilisi Medical Academy. How vital would you say that was for your success as a doctor? Uh, I believe in, in my opinion, this was the most uh, and one of the most important factors to my success and to the success that I'm in and all the achievements that I have uh, done into furthering my career uh, uh, that I chose to myself. Um, otherwise, it would have been very difficult to achieve whatever I have achieved because uh, it was during my student years, it was just open doors wherever you go in the administration you find support, uh, uh, they're always hearing you, they're always trying to find a solution for issues if there are issues that come up. They're always trying to become better, and that's what I like the most. Uh, they don't achieve, especially to be this medical academy, and not just because I'm uh, working uh, for them now, but during my uh, 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 student years, uh, whatever I have noticed, which made me actually choose uh, uh, Tbilisi Medical Academy to uh, stay in, uh, is that they don't have a certain point where after that point they say, okay, we achieved uh, whatever we achieved and that's enough, enough improving. There's always improving. And even today, I just finished work and I came back from work uh, into this interview, this lovely interview. And uh, just now we had uh, uh, our Belgian partners who came from uh, uh, the Netherlands uh, to work on our curriculum and to improve the curriculum even more. And we have them uh, uh, um, three times and four times in a year to come to Georgia and train our teachers, train our staff members, and also work into with our staff members and with our curriculum committee with our advisory board to uh, um, improve our curriculum and improve the student-centered approach that we have uh, set for ourselves as a goal as an institution all right and you said they're based from belgium yes so what what perspective uniquely do you think that they bring and what differences do you see for the from them coming obviously from a very western european the the center of the european union there so that is what uh, uh quite interesting and thank you for this question because it's very important um as they don't just bring their experience and uh, 
put it as uh, you know a, a standard for us to work with. No, uh, we work with them closely to to uh, um, figure out basically in the Georgian context, in the context of East Georgia as well as the international community, how should we graduate? doctors that wherever they go whatever country they go to they will be able to work perfectly be pro as professional as they are it doesn't matter which country they go to it doesn't matter which region of the world that they go to but to uh, uh, graduate the best uh, medical experts that we can graduate and they work closely with us into tailoring the uh, medical curriculum that we have into that. That's why what we have is uh, whatever is called the, the PCI, uh, PSI uh, medical curriculum, which is uh, patient-centered, uh, uh, student-oriented, and integrated uh, medical curriculum. Fantastic. Now, just for those of you listening at the moment, uh, when you hear us say TMA, this is Tbilisi Medical Academy. Um, just so people obviously know um, that we're not uh, just saying some sort of random thing. Uh, so they've got the understanding. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, TMA, how many years is it now that you've actually been there as a student um, from when you started as a student up until now? How long has that been? So I spent uh, six years as a student, uh, which is the uh, the uh, period of the medical program. This is six years, and mm -hmm. uh, added to that, uh, I have finished already two years working uh, uh, with them, two years and a half almost. So in total, eight years and a half. Fantastic! And you've obviously mentioned that they're always changing and and developing. How much change have you seen over those eight years or so now? Immense changes. I, I cannot even start to uh, describe the changes that uh, we had the, the first semester that I started. And uh, now I wish I would go back as a student now and uh, experience what, what our students now in the first semester they're experiencing. Uh, it's, it's an immense change even and I don't say just the infrastructure and so on. Of course, that was also updated and everything, and, and the campus was updated as well. But the most important is the, the techniques that are used, the uh, uh, tools of teaching that are used, uh, the way of moving from teacher-centered teacher classroom where the teacher is the center of the classroom and the, only the teacher speaks into more engaging more student-centered approach where the students are the ones who actually, the ones who uh, pull the, the, the uh, carriage of learning and uh, the teachers are just walking by them, guiding them, mentoring them, rather than just feeding uh, knowledge to them. It's, it's, it's quite an amazing change. Fantastic. I think what a lot of students worry about, and I'm sure some of the students listening will, will be nodding their heads to this, is they're worried about the amount of independent learning and are they going to be led enough by the teachers? So although, yes, you're saying, of course, the students lead the education and the teachers uh, guide it. Now, are they guiding it very observantly or are the students having to do a lot of stuff on their own? Absolutely. That's an amazing question. Thank you. Thank you for that, Tom. Uh, this is an important uh, uh, point for the students as well as for the teachers, because it's important not just to make the, the students uh, uh, learn on the, by themselves, but uh, to teach the students how to learn from where to learn and uh, uh, how to efficiently learn rather than just study hard. We say study smart rather than just study hard. Uh, um, Absolutely. So it can take like half of the time that you study, but you study more efficiently. Um, the amount of self-study uh, in, in TMA, of course, uh, is not um, very huge. The amount of guidance uh, that they get from the teachers uh, is huge. Uh, because, um, yes, it is not teacher-centered, but the, the guidance is immense. How? Um, I will uh, give you uh, just one example now in the first semester in the first semester that we have the first uh, year 
Um, okay. Our curriculum is uh, based in uh, such a way that uh, students take uh, whatever is called the growth-oriented test, which is every third week. And that's a test that doesn't have marks. So it's uh, not a, a, a summative uh, um, assessment. So they don't get marks on that quiz. Basically, it's a quiz. Uh, they write the test, and the test is upon that test, the teacher will give uh, feedback to the students. So before the actual test, which is the midterm exam and the final exam that the students uh, are, uh, you know, afraid of most of the time, the, the our students would have had enough experience with tests and enough feedback on which are the strong points that they should make even stronger and which are the points that need improving and need to work on even better. That's one thing that uh, guidance uh, happen. We have also uh, um, the portfolio in, in, the, in the line of uh, the clinical skills and, and uh, the clinical competencies where each group of students are uh, allocated with a mentor. That mentor will work with them for the six years. The same mentor will work with them. They will work with them on self-reflection. They will work with, with them on personal development plans. All of that, as well as listening to them with uh, uh, any issues they have during studying, uh, guiding them on how to study, uh, guiding them on ways for efficient studies. Fantastic. And I, I love to hear that, that you're, as teachers, you're doing these sort of small quizzes. And instead of just giving them back a mark, you know, and saying, look, you only got five out of 10, work on it. You're instead saying, no, we're not going to give you a mark on this. We're just going to tell you this area you need to look at a bit more. This area you need to focus on a bit more. Yeah, it's um, it sounds like you put more effort into the teaching than a lot of places, um, which, again, saves the student time. Because it's like you said before, you have to study smart, not hard. And how are the students meant to study smart if the feedback they're getting is not smart? So, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a great thing to hear. Is that something that you had as a student as well? Or is this one of the new things that's been implemented? This is one of the things that made me think of going back and studying. Because uh, <laughs> you didn't uh, get that. No, no. We had uh, a little bit more of a teacher-centered approach where... Uh, uh -huh. We had only quizzes and the quizzes just, uh, you know, you get the mark or you don't get the mark. And that's yeah, it. yeah. And how yeah. much easier would it have been for you, do you think, if you had some oh. this kind of guidance? I would have loved to hear what, what should I work on better because, you know, as a student, yes, now we're looking at back at, at, at our, you know, younger times and we're looking back at our mistakes and we said, okay, this is the mistake in that. That's the gift the of hindsight. Yeah, absolutely. In hindsight, uh, everything is showing. But at the at that time, with uh, being eighteen, with all you know the the, the things that the teenager go through, and uh, uh, all the things around you, and also having to study medicine, which everybody says it's uh, quite difficult and the most difficult speciality in the world, and so on and so forth. You won't have uh, a social life, and you won't have fun. All of that makes such, you know, stress. And I would have loved to just to to hear from uh, 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 the teachers extensive feedback as it is given now. Of course, they used to give us uh, feedback back then. But, you know, back then it wasn't as extensive. It wasn't as uh, uh, personalized because now each student meets with the teacher by themselves one to one and then discuss it. Also, the mentors, uh, uh, each mentor of each group uh, would uh, schedule a meeting with each student one-on-one, -on -one, uh, discuss their self-reflection, discuss their personal development plan and what action plan they have to improve themselves. Wow. It really is a student focus. You, you can tell that you have students making some of these big decisions or influencing these decisions because yeah, this absolutely. is something that... Uh, yeah, and so much effort you, on the Tom, teachers. Let me tell you, Tom, sorry to interrupt you, but it takes... No, go for it. It takes a huge effort and time from, from teachers' time and, and, and the mentors' time as well. But with the help of the students and with the students' uh, 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 compliance and the students having the motivation to go through and having actually being motivated, it just makes the, uh, the journey for the teacher... Uh, enjoyable and for the student as well 
Yeah. Wow, what, what an experience for them to have. And obviously, the, these are some things that are quite unique about Tbilisi Medical Academy, aren't they? Um, would you say there are other points that you can think of now that make the university quite different from the rest? Absolutely. During my, my years, um, we had like a clinical skills lab, which was a quite small lab, but, uh, you know, we had the clinical skills during the first uh, three years. So the way it is just for the uh, our dear listeners, the way it is in Tbilisi Medical Academy, that the first three uh, years are called the basic medical uh, knowledge years, where you study the basic uh, 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 basic uh, disciplines of medicine, like physiology, anatomy, uh, biochemistry, and so on and so forth, as well as clinical skills. You have to have clinical skills before you go to the clinics. And then the second three years, you spend it almost 99.9% of those uh, uh, years, the classes, everything are spent in the hospitals. So it's called, in, it is divided into uh, clinical rotations where you rotate on different specialties like internal medicine, then surgery, and then ophthalmology, and so on and so forth. Um, nowadays, with the help of the, our experts and uh, the evidence-based and the best practices that we see around the world and all the research and the studies that we have uh, uh, seen uh, as early as possible to expose the students to the clinical setting is the best. So during my years, we had just clinical skills on mannequins and, you know, just suturing and so on and so forth on, on a piece of plastic, um, uh -huh. which was fun as well for us. But uh, now it's a quite different story. Uh, we have whatever is called the early clinical exposure from the first year the students will go to clinics. They will be uh, uh, assigned to a clinician in the clinics and they will, uh, of course, they will not diagnose and examine and so on. But uh, at first, uh, communication is the most important to uh, um, to observe the professional behavior of a, a doctor with their with their patient, and to observe the communication between the doctor and the patient. That is the most important. So as as early as the first uh, year, they go to the clinics. Other than that, uh, in the clinical skills uh, center that we have, uh, we have revitalized it into such a way that. Uh, we have whatever is called simulated patients, which are basically actors that are paid to come and uh, act specific scenarios that the, the students have to uh, uh, conduct the medical interview with them. They have to if, examine them and so on and so forth. So they would act as uh, uh, patients. Um, that It doesn't stop here, Tom. I know that I talk too much about it, but it doesn't stop here. Not at all. This is the why most, people are listening. Yeah. The most thing that I like the most, actually, is whatever called the uh, standardized patients, which is different from the actors. These are real patients who have chronic diseases most of the time. So that means uh, it's a disease that has a long, uh, you know, period. It's always, uh, almost always with the, uh, with the patient. The symptoms are with the patient. So mm -hmm. uh, it's possible to invite those uh, uh uh, patients, of course, they get paid, and uh, the students would actually find the real pathologies. For example, like hear the murmur of of a patient on the real the real sound of the murmur in a patient, uh, or the emphysema, for example, for a smoker who had, uh, which is one of the diseases, of course, but it changes how. Uh, you listen to the lungs and it changes the sounds that the lungs makes. And uh, it's quite interesting to hear it in real life. Then in, and this is as, as, as early as the first few years in medical school. So uh, usually in early medical years, uh, you just uh, study the terminology and so on back then. But nowadays, no, uh, we have whatever is called the early clinical exposure and we have whatever is called the integration weeks as well. Wow. So multiple ways of allowing students to get early access to clinical exposure when most MD courses in Europe have nothing until the third year. Um, that is quite a difference. Uh, what sort of difference do you see in the students? Because again, I'm guessing this is something that you didn't have so much as when you started. Absolutely. 
students are so more what impact does this have yeah more yeah. motivation yeah thank you uh for that question uh usually it motivates the students on uh actually uh you know getting into it because they they yes they go to the clinics they see their role role models that they want to become which are the doctors and they see the the environment so they have a good expectation not unreal expectation because many of the times Many of the students, let's be honest, uh, they have expectations that are based on uh, TV shows, uh, you know, like uh, Grey's Anatomy or The Good yeah. Doctor or <laughs> Doctor House, which is not the reality. That's all Hollywood. And it's good to watch, but uh, to have the real expectation and to have in your mind a, a, a certain goal and to be motivated towards that goal, it, it's it's quite a huge difference, makes a huge difference for the students. 100%. I, I love it when I'm speaking with a student and I get this on many occasions when they tell me that they've had active work experience. If they've worked as a healthcare, healthcare assistant, assistant or, or they've worked they've even worked. as a receptionist, you know, in a surgery, um, just to know that they've seen some of that environment, they've spoken to some doctors and had some of that experience. It just goes a long way. And do you see the actual difference in terms of their clinical, um, you know, when you're assessing their clinical abilities in the fourth, fifth and sixth year? Do you see a difference because of what they've been exposed to before? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's a huge difference, for example, from my batch and uh, from the current batches that are uh, having clinical uh, 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 skills and early clinical exposure because uh, they have, uh, uh, um, as I mentioned, better motivation, but not just that. Uh, they have better skills as well because they have they started from early on and uh, to to uh, uh, be a professional in, in it. Of course, as early as you can start, the, the best uh, you can do is that. Um, so it is, of course, quite uh, uh, helpful for the students and uh, the skills that they show, the professionalism that they show. So it's not just the skills and knowledge, but the most important also that any doctor nowadays in the 21st century that should have is the competencies to to what makes a good doctor that is the question that we ask the students the new students that we we have all the time and it's not one answer because multiple things that uh, um the the students must get the students must have must have these competencies like professionalism, like being a good communicator, like being a, a team member and a collaborator, and at, at sometimes a leader, uh, like being a good scholar. Uh, uh, which lots of things um, among these uh, big uh, uh, titles. There's lots lots of small subtitles. <laughs> Don't worry. It's the great thing about doing these live. Um, I apologize. I have uh, five don't dogs. Worry at all. Sometimes it's impossible to uh, to control all of them. <laughs> of course. No, don't worry. I, I completely understand. That's absolutely fine. So um, moving on from there then, um, another thing uh, that a lot of students are always asking us about is exchange programs. You know, it's great that they're, they're obviously getting early clinical experience. They're getting a lot of well-guided uh, lectures um, but with yourselves at Tbilisi Medical Academy what is it like on the exchange programs and how does it work? Uh, so uh, exchange program is uh, are one of the most important for the students because it's always fun it's always good to have uh, experience in a different university and we do have exchange programs with most of uh, our partner universities in the in, in, in Europe uh, now we're trying to expand on it and we're trying to work with uh, 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 embassies and have uh, in different countries because some, some uh, even some uh, students, because we always uh, get feedback from the students. We always ask the students as well, what is the most important for them? What is, uh, uh, what do they want as well? So lots of students have shown that they want to have some exchange program in their own, for example, countries or some kind of observerships in their own countries, uh, which is during the clinical years. So we are working on having that with uh, the countries of uh, our students that we have. 
through the embassies as well. We're, we're working on it. But of course, we do have the Erasmus Plus, um, the European Union's uh, uh, exchange programs that are funded by the European Union, as well as other bilateral agreements with our uh, partner universities in, the, in, uh, in Europe, mostly in Europe. Um, and uh, our students, you can visit our uh, uh, Facebook uh, page and you can see the, 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 the blogs that our students write after they uh, have gone through the exchange programs and um, talking about their experiences. Great. Um, can you tell us any details about a, a recent program? Uh, for example, uh, I think the most recent was uh, in uh, Turkey, in Atatürk uh, uh, University. Um, uh, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, around uh, 25 students, both international and Georgian students, have gone into a clinical rotation in different departments like cardiology, urology, and uh, 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 internal medicine, where they uh, shadowed uh, uh, doctors and uh, they gained uh, uh, experience and they gained, of course, certificates. Uh, I believe the uh, it was a, a short period, so it was, I think, for a month rotation, and uh, that's um, the students were quite delighted about it. Of course, we do have with Lithuania. Uh, the last, uh, the one before that was, I believe, in Lithuania. Okay. Wow. So quite a varied amount. And obviously when people hear exchange programs, you know, the students get very excited about it. But from your perspective as a teacher, what is the actual benefit of students going to do these types of programs? Uh, so the student gets um, experience from different cultures. They, they get experience from different styles of teaching because, you know, different universities in different countries or in the same countries, uh, 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 they have different styles of teaching, of course, which always gives the uh, uh, student to open their mind better, to um, appreciate what they have, or maybe to bring back uh, some suggestions that might work uh, um, in in our context, for example, um, so it's it's a very very interesting experience for the students, especially that they can create uh, um, a very good network that will help them further their career during uh, after graduation. I mean, and uh, during their residency and uh, uh, postgraduate uh, study. So I, I believe that it's a, a huge experience. Great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not surprised um, about what you've said there and with it being able to have an effect on people in terms of the different teaching styles, different cultures, even witnessing different languages and how hospitals run in different countries because there can always be small variations. So it's amazing that you can get that level of diversity during the course. And of course, with the Erasmus programs all being funded by the EU, students don't have to worry about having to pay an arm and a leg for having to you know go and study and, and do these additional experiences because it's all covered now is there usually some sort of a system where you will choose students to do this or will you allow them to choose what, what's the situation with that so it's usually a, a transparent uh, process that uh, we open a call for uh, an exchange program that is uh, available of course uh, like with Erasmus Plus, there are quite uh, uh, certain um, requirements that are set by uh, the European Union as well as by the university, the hosting university. Uh, and we do also set our own requirements and, and standards. Uh, students, mm -hmm. if they meet that, the criteria, then uh, a committee will uh, uh, select uh, the students upon their uh, the different criteria as well as the motivation as they have to write a motivational letter and attach whatever can support uh, their application in uh, going into the exchange program. Uh, and to touch a little bit about the funding, as it is very important, for example, in the uh, during the Turkey uh, uh, um, uh, rotation and the Turkey uh, in the Atatürk exchange program with our uh, university students, um, actually, uh, our our university, uh, Tbilisi Medical Academy, had uh, funded uh, some part of 
the journey for the students just to mm -hmm. uh, uh, decrease the financial burden, if any. Of course, it is funded. Uh, they didn't have to pay for it uh, anyone, anywhere else. But they also funded some, uh, um, uh, so to say, uh, social aspect of, uh, of, uh, of their trip. Yeah, because the social parts are, are important as well. You've got to be able to go to restaurants. And I'm not just talking on exchanges now, but in general. Um, what kind of social parts does the university bring? You know, people, especially I've got my students from the UK, they're used to having all these societies and these clubs and different things that they can do that are all organized by the university. What sort of thing have you got there with TMA? That's a great question, Tom. Thank you for that. Um, uh, it is not very much different uh, from what you have mentioned. Of course, during the pandemic, everything slowed down and to almost to a complete uh, halt. But uh, thankfully, and thank God that uh, now we're back uh, to normal, somewhat, somewhat uh, back to normal. We do have our student union, which is also called the Student Academy, uh, the name after the very Student nice. Academy. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, it is funded by the Academy. Uh, uh, they have their own budget. And uh, they do have uh, a certain structure, which is a horizontal structure rather than a president. We have a committee uh, of the union, of the student union, uh, to make uh, the, the decision-making in a horizontal way where everybody is uh, equal in, in making decisions among the union. And they do have the clubs. For example, we have the Eco Club, which is uh, uh, um, concerned with planetary health and uh, the health of our uh, uh, environment. Uh, and, of course, the environment self impact the human health so it's quite important cause for us as Absolutely. well as lots of uh, clubs like the first aid and emergency club that have been uh, just formed the sports club and uh, within those clubs of course there are smaller smaller clubs like uh, uh, football club which is a little bit uh, different from rugby club as rugby is quite uh, 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 famous here in Georgia and uh, adored in Georgia. Football and uh, rugby are the top. Um, so yeah, even for example, among our uh, lovely Indian students, we do have the cricket club and uh, the cricket teams, and also the lots of uh, uh, other clubs like the art clubs and so on. Fantastic. Fantastic. And the, what the university has a direct role in managing and, and organizing this alongside the student union and, and helping them to facilitate that. Absolutely. So uh, the decision is up to the students. Uh, that's why uh, it is a student-oriented and student-centered uh, uh, institution. So the students take decision in a lot of things, uh, including their social life. Um, the Students uh, Academy or the Students Union is just a facilitator to bring the students' opinions and bring the students' ideas, so all students of the academy, uh, uh, their ideas, and then uh, basically just making it and organizing it into uh, a package where we can, of course, uh, support our students and fund our students into making it into a reality, real projects. Uh, um, like just recently, we had a project where our uh, uh, students went along with uh, some of the teachers and our academic staff as well to remote villages in Georgia to uh, observe how the village doctors uh, work. And it was mixed interdisciplinary project where uh, medicine meets art in that uh, they were trained in photography and went uh, uh, to those villages and took uh, pictures depicting the story of the village doctor. What do they go through? What needs do they uh, uh, need? Hopefully that wow. uh, it, would, it would reach to a, a, a certain party or certain uh, um, position that they might also, of course, uh, uh, support the village doctors more and facilitate their immense work that they do. It's such a huge work that they do. And uh, it's absolutely, it's different from the cities. Uh, it's quite, it's quite interesting uh, uh, experience that opens up the students. They, they look at their career. They look at life in a different way. 
Yeah, because a lot of students, they they want to get experiences like that. And many are not fortunate enough, you know, to be able to get experiences in other countries and to go to rural places um, where they have a, a very different type of infrastructure when it comes to medical professionalism uh, compared to what they've known in their countries and in their cities. So that's amazing that, that they get to do that um, and actually bring that awareness back for, for more people to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, Tom. Uh, a lot of times, uh, once again, it, it goes back to the expectation of the students. They always expect that uh, they're going to be working in a huge hospital in in the middle of the city. In an, uh, and uh, just having that experience doesn't mean that you have to go and become a village doctor, of course. But uh, just having that experience changes a lot uh, a lot of things that you, how you think about and a lot of uh, priorities for you in life and priorities for you in your career. So it's, it's just uh, an amazing experience for the students to have. And we are so, so glad that we have our students that are willing and motivated. And they were such, it was a huge motivation to learn photography from them, you know, medical students and photography, you might say, what's, what's, (laughs) What's uh, not a usual combination? Yeah, well, <laughs> what's the relationship? No, we have a uh, we have a huge uh, um, uh, we have a huge focus on medicine and art in TMA. We love it. So always, for example, during our awareness campaigns, we uh, enroll students, for example, to draw. Uh, for example, the last was about breast cancer uh, um, awareness. And we had survivors from uh, uh, one of the centers of uh, breast cancer uh, um, awareness uh, raising. And, and uh, uh, the survivors came to uh, TMA and we went to uh, their center. And uh, it, it was just uh, an amazing experience as well because it makes the uh, future doctor, which is the student, uh, who might be an oncologist, make them understand what the th- survivors felt, for example, during the time that the diagnosis was given to that patient, because that was a huge, huge uh, um, emotional, actually, uh, impact uh, on how the students were looking at um, cancer and uh, giving bad news to the, to the patients. Oh, absolutely. Um, what a, what an optional thing to have, you know, when people think of societies, and as we said, football and rugby, but then you look at this and you're blending this art and you're using it to build awareness and to actually see the emotions because another really important aspect of medicine that a lot of people don't realize in the beginning is empathy. It's being able to understand the patients, understand what are they going through, what's going on in their heads, uh, and how can they help them and, and support them with that. And do you feel like these extra activities help people in that respect? Absolutely, Tom. You you have touched on a very important point, which is empathy, how to be a human and how to be a doctor. And there is this very difficult balance that you have to balance between not to get too much involved, but yet still be human and still feel empathy for the patient. Because if you get too involved, then you will have burnout. And that's what we're trying to uh, uh, teach our students uh, and if you don't have empathy and you just um, basically be a robot and, and just do it in, in, a, in a routine way, then you won't succeed with your patient. Your patient will not open up with you. You won't have a good relationship with your patient. And uh, uh, the compliance, which is very important, the compliance of your patient will not uh, be as good uh, if you ha- don't have empathy. And of course, it's it's the, the angels of uh, uh, treating patients that's what uh, uh, they used to say the angels of life and uh, doctors are angels uh, it comes down to humanity basically and uh, such experiences that we offer to our students and we indulge our students in and we uh, uh, basically just uh, uh, mix with the community and mix with the patient and go to uh, uh, the the extra mile to create such great human humans first and then doctors second i love that humans first doctors second 
it's a very powerful message and and such an important one. Well, look, I think we, we've gone over many, many, many things today. Um, you've given us such an incredible insight. So thank you so much um, for, for giving us this. And I, I want to wrap up by, I mean, that quote was amazing. I, I almost just want to say, <laughs> leave it there. Um, but I, I do want to hear from you. Uh, I want to ask you this one last question. What would what advice are you going to give uh, to prospective students, to the people listening now that are thinking about going to do this? Um, what advice would you give them in terms of making the decision, but also in terms of when they begin and, and what they can sort of overcome? A great question, Tom. And this is to all students, whoever goes wherever, uh, and especially, of course, those who are coming to TMA. Um, Rest assured that uh, I'll talk about TMA and Georgia in in uh, in general. Rest assured that Georgia is one of the safest uh, countries on the world. So that part you won't have to uh, think about or worry about much. Uh, and my advice to you is to keep an open mind, to keep an open mind to new experiences, to new people, to new culture, to new language to learn from that rather than uh, just, you know, we're, we're, all of us are used to a certain standard of life, all, all of us are used to standard culture, all of us are used to our uh, uh, friends at school and so on. But take that experience with you and let it build you as a human, let it build you as a, a, a person that wants to reach a certain goal in your life and uh, you might you might find lots of things about yourself that you haven't uh, uh, known before without doing that experience. And that happened to me as well as a lot of my friends and a lot of people, a lot of students that I know uh, during my time. So my advice to you is keep an open mind and be optimistic and uh, as well as realistic at the same time. But uh, uh, open mindedness is the most important that uh, I can think of right now. Dr. Saif Rustam, thank you so much uh, for your insight once again. Um, and to everyone listening, uh, this has been Students um, and our podcast, uh, obviously from a doctor this time, but in the future, upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking to students. We're going to be hearing from other medical professionals in various specialties uh, and a bunch of people all related to the industry. Um, for those of you wanting to hear more uh, from Dr. Saif, I'm sure he's going to be joining us on some webinars. He uh, is more than happy to share his experience, which is amazing for us. Uh, we really hope that we've been able to impact some of you out there, uh, give you some kind of idea of what kind of experience you're going to have and really helped you on this journey. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in the next one.